from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Tuesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Ring, 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 ring. May I please speak with Zoe? Oh, hello, Lamorne. Let's patch in Hannah. God, I forgot what it was like working with you guys. Welcome to our show. And welcome to our show with Zoe Lamorne and Hannah. And um, we're just so excited today. We have the most wonderful director person, um, <laughs> all around great guy, Jake Kasdan, here, <laughs> who directed our pilot and many episodes of our show, and also had a huge hand in creating the tone, uh, developing the show just from the ground up. So we're very stoked. Very, very stoked. So good to see you guys. Love this. How you been? How's your your time away from the show been treating you? It's been a nightmare. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I will say um, Jake has uh, directed, written so many things that everybody loves um, from Zero Effect to Freaks and Geeks to Jumanji movies, um, (laughs) Bad Teacher, so many great things that I love and I'm sure you guys love too. Yeah, and I think that the question that's been burning the fans for <laughs> ever at this point is, will Jumanji return? And, <laughs> and if yeah, so, will that lovely repairman make another cameo? <laughs> and if it? so, are you in it? That's, that's <laughs> yes. the question we get all the time. It was yeah. so satisfying that when we would show that movie and Lamorne would walk, Lamorne's in the uh, second of the two Jumanji movies and we would show the movie and in the theater there was always like an audible excited reaction like a little audience freak out when Lamorne <laughs> would walk in right at the end it was uh, one of my favorite things oh it's always gosh. the reaction when Lamorne walks on screen yeah. uh, always yeah, yeah. It's usually because I'm wearing no pants even when yeah. they're expecting it <laughs> it was a it was a bold but strategic move you knew you'd get a reaction if you entered the end of the movie with no pants, pants. and it worked <laughs> exactly <laughs> i've since been canceled but it was reaction. worth it yes. <laughs> you're wearing a very long shirt it's yes. a- <laughs> <laughs> um so so jake uh you you were you were born in michigan yes that's is true that, is that a comedy town is that a <laughs> big, com- big comedy town. Uh, big comedy it's state. A, yeah. It's a great town. I uh, left I, I, we, I, Detroit area. We moved away when I was uh, like a baby. So um, pre-comedy. Yeah. So where'd you get your comedy roots from? Where'd you, is it? Is it a family thing? I know. Is it- <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this. Okay. So. The Kasdans have played a huge role in my career because I actually did my first movie with Jake's dad, Lawrence Kasdan, who's a legendary uh, writer director who can do is a, one of those people that can do everything. And I also went to high school with his super talented brother, John, oh, wow. and just love the Kasdan family. So uh, I, I mean, I feel like maybe. You got a little comedy from the family from tree <laughs> from me. <laughs> yeah, Zoe. Um, that's right. Zoe has an amazing long history with with uh, with our whole family. That yes. is a great. And a I great love your mom too. Part of the story. Meg. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Whole family love them all. Love them all. Yeah, Zoe went to high school with my brother John, and yep. uh, that was how the very first way that we met, and then. Um, Yes, so we we have this great sort of long, long road together. But I think that I pulled into the lead on the Zoe uh, (laughs) race when we did this show together for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I will say that we have done the most extensive work together. Um, But so uh, we, I think one thing we're all curious about is like, so I was the first cast member to get involved with the show, but Mm -hmm. like. What was it like before we were all? <laughs> what happened? Like, how yeah. did you meet Liz? How, yeah, um, sure. How did I you can, get involved? Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you my um, my, my journey with it started um, just a few weeks before yours. Um, you know, I, it was a 
wild thing where um, Liz, who I had met once or twice before, and I was a big fan of hers because she'd written some scripts that I'd read and loved. And I just thought she was such a funny writer. We didn't know each other well. Um, she wrote me a note and said, would you think about uh, directing this pilot? I, it had been a bunch of years since I had directed a pilot. So it was kind of uh, a little bit out of nowhere. And um, we had some bunch of common people. Uh, she sent it along and I read it and just immediately said, yeah, absolutely. And it was actually one of these things where I had sort of almost decided that before reading it, like there was just, I've had this happen once or twice, very lucky, fortunate thing where somebody calls and says, do you want to do something? And you just know that it's the right thing to do. Yep. And um, hearing from Liz about uh, the, the pilot that would become New Girl was definitely one of those moments where I just sort of had this instinct, like, this is going to be great. She's so funny. And from the description, I could tell that I was going to love it. And then I read it and I just thought it was brilliant, you know? Um, and it was kind of a, the way that can be sometimes with what we, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough to do this, sometimes you, you make a decision like that quickly mm -hmm. and it ends up being like a giant thing in your life. And for me, uh, Freaks and Geeks was something like that, where it was similar, like Judd called up and said, do you want to do this? And by the time I got off the phone, I was like, I think I want to do this. And I had never worked in TV before, you know, I hadn't read it yet. And uh, like about a little more than 10 years later, it was a very similar thing with Liz, where I just sort of had this feeling like this is going to be something great. I don't know if you remember this, but you and I had lunch in Chicago and talked about Freaks and Geeks. Do you remember? Yes, that? I do remember that. That's so right. This was before oh, wow. I dropped out of college to yeah. pursue my dream of being an actor. But you came and you were like, oh, do you want to? I really would love it if you auditioned for this. Um, oh, my I gosh. I haven't college. thought about that. For, yeah. You're right. That's I was going to college at Northwestern. I was in the theater program and I had basically like just started. And you were like, hey, I've got this, you know, pilot like, you know, it's going to be a TV show, obviously. And I was like, I just started school. I would <laughs> love to audition. Yes. But I was like, I just I I got to see what this school thing is like. And then, of course, like six months later, I dropped out. <laughs> but That's I so remember I, I was re like, I remember that vividly. And I haven't thought about it in really a long time. But that's right. That was another like turn in the in the road. That yeah. Was for yeah. And geeks. For Freaks and Geeks, yeah. I freaks was like, and Geeks. Yeah. yeah. It's usually opposite from me. Directors sit me down and say, please don't read for my thing. <laughs> Can I take you to lunch? I would like to yeah. make sure you don't oh, be part of this project. What? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I, don't remember which um, role I would have been up for in Freaks and Geeks. It was probably like Freaks and Geeks. It was probably like all the female roles, right? Like, there were like a lot of female roles in that show. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, I'm not... Sure. I mean, we were casting that show in a in a um, sort of unusual way. That's right. Where we were kind of um, it was we were open to the possibility of expanding and kind of shaping the cast. 
um, around beyond sort of what was in the script. Right. So, who so you there found, was, there right? was there, yeah. who we found, we were kind of building it to the ensemble, although it ended up being very close to what was in the script, but, you know, with some big kind of casting swings on that show where it sort of changed the shape of what it was. And in a lot of ways, to some degree, we extended that approach into what we were doing when we were casting New Girl, which was a really kind of comprehensive and intense uh, process. But, you know, uh, similarly, like, um, uh, you know, it's one of the great casts that I've ever been uh, fortunate enough to work with. And it was like, we, we, we went through the, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. And uh, <laughs> one of the, you know, it was, it was one of those situations where like we, we worked really, it was a big process, but it really worked out, you know? <laughs> I feel like uh, when I talk to actors, especially over the past 10 years, I would say 80% of them in this town go, you know, I was almost in the cast of New Girl. And it makes oh, yeah. me feel like yeah. every oh, yeah. single person in this town read well, for the show. And yeah. Jake and really I know because project. we were like, I, as soon as I got cast, I was like, oh, I really, really want to be a part of the casting process because I just know how it is to come in for shows mm -hmm. or movies. And it's, it's hard. And you, it's, I was like, you know, I can kind of be someone that maybe can make people feel comfortable. Also, we can yeah. see chemistry. So as soon as I was cast, even though I, uh, against my lawyer's advice, he was like, well, the deal's not done. You can't do work before <laughs> your deal's done. And I was like, I know, but I'm just going to do it. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. So <laughs> I I joined the casting process and we saw a lot. Everybody yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, I feel it like. feels like yeah, it. We, we, <laughs> we saw a lot of people. And I think, you know, part of it is that it was the, you know, the whole thing, one of the parts of it that's so interesting is just like, the whole world of television has changed so dramatically in the 10 years since we were doing this. Yes. And, you know, it was sort of towards the end of an era where the conventional pilot season worked the way that it had for like the whole history of TV, you know, up until quite recently where, um, you know, you develop a, the, the whole television development cycle is very kind of rigid and like you sell scripts during one period and then they decide what they're going to pick up and then everybody makes the pilots exactly the same time. And there's this uh, formal, you know, kind of like pilot season casting period where everybody's running around from audition to audition. I, I don't know. I mean, it still exists in some form or at least did, you know, before the, the current <laughs> Uh, <laughs> world that we're living in, but not nearly to in the way that it did then. And so it was sort of towards the end of the period where like within a, the group of people who are out and auditioning and really getting out there, you know, they're going from thing to thing to thing and you're seeing really a lot of people. And we, and we did see a lot of, a lot of people, although, you know, and like you say, I mean, Zoe was before any of that even started, Zoe was in and uh, going to play this part. And that was kind of the, you know, first definitive um, like decision about like what, you know, that, that a lot of the show, it starts to get 
become visible to us like from that moment like okay it's zoe deschanel is this character and we're going to surround her with you know brilliant people right when i knew that you were directing the um pilot that was like the deal sealer because i was like this is a hilarious script i didn't i knew liz like I didn't know her personally. I had read a play of hers years yeah. before and stuff. And I knew she was really talented and I had friends that were friends with her and could vouch for her. But like, you know, I was like, but the tone of the show, like everything kind of rests on sure. the, the directing and setting the tone for the show. Cause I'd never done, you know, more yeah. than like an episode or two of TV uh, or, you know, I did, I've done like, I did like a few episode arcs, but I was never like a series yeah, regular you'd on never, a show. You'd before. never held yeah. on a show like this, which is a whole different It's a whole other thing. Game. And yeah. When I knew you were directing it, I was like, I am in. Oh, well, that's <laughs> nice. To, that's, that's, it's that's true. That's nice to hear. I mean, it was, it was, um, you know, I think when you're especially transitioning from you were making you were working a lot um, mm-hmm. in the period yeah. leading up to that already. You'd been making all those movies, um, but it is a very different sort of, it's just a different process. I mean, there's a yeah. lot related about it, but um, you know, there I are many aspects of it, of se- series television that are really different. And it was, it was, um, you know, I loved being able to roll into that with you. Well, it's yeah. just it was such a gift to be able to like make something where you know you have you and then other real, really amazing directors that you know came mm. on this show. And I really think that you being on like attracted a lot of other really good directors mm, as well. But but the fact that we were doing television, you have to make a show every week, no matter what. Like you yeah. have we have to and and there's something so nice about that like on a movie there's like something kind of drawn out about it and it's like with television you, you know you're just gonna make it no matter what and it's kind of exciting yeah yeah and you know the um i always feel like that when you're doing the pilot you know you're as the if you're directing a pilot you're you're you have a lot of opportunity to kind of help build what the thing is going to be and sort of get in there. And, uh, you know, I always, it's, I always feel like directing a pilot is like being a member of a band. It's like being the bass player in a, in a really good band, if you're lucky, you know, and um, where you're trying to position everybody else to not only be great, but to set up something that they can keep doing for a really long time. You know, that's the cast. It's whoever you're working with behind the camera, the actual camera, all of that, you know? Um, And, and as you, the, the further you go, I mean, it starts with the pilot, obviously, but by the time you, you know, sort of get into series, it's just incredibly, clear that the whole thing is completely contingent on the writing and the cast and there's and you can and we did bring in great directors and we had great directors it's not to diminish that fantastic contribution that a bunch of people came in helping us figure it out um and then you know throughout the series we had great people um but you're it's a different kind of building right at the very beginning 
because you have nothing to refer back to. So you're doing it for the very first time. And then, you know, as it continues, uh, you're, you're, it really, everybody else sort of assumes the, what it is in a great way. And that's like really satisfying and fun to see, you know? Um, and we did, we had, between this incredible cast we had and just such a funny group of writers, like the, it was yeah. like week after week and hardworking and like constantly punching and how can we make it funnier? And you could do the table read and it's just like joke for joke. Like they were, it's just like, a stealth team of brilliant comedy people that were working on that show. So it's just a lot of firepower. It was really like an exciting, cool thing to be a part of. You know? Yeah. Question. So let's keep it. I want to stick to the beginning or stay on the beginning for a little bit. I know when you talk about the beginning of the process, how, how fun it could be, you're seeing a bunch of actors come in, the writers are writing like dope shit. Like what, what's the most frustrating part about that process though? In the, in, you know, Start, starting from the beginning, what what makes you pull your hair out? For those at home who don't know about this process, I know it's it's not all fun. It's not all yeah. games. I just want to add to what you're saying, Lamorne, that like directing a pilot is probably like like other like directing episodes like is is obviously a you know it's a feat, but directing the pilot because you're establishing the tone, it's a really really important job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, every decision's yeah. a big decision. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, I guess, I don't know, it's like pull your hair out. It's, I, I guess what I would say is, you know, there's famously in making TV and making TV pilots, there, there can be a lot of voices outside of the simple creative process of it. There's, you know, um, uh, the the classic thing and I, I made a movie about this called the tv set is you know that there's sort of like all of this external kind of like executive pressure on something that can mess it up either with you're not allowed to hire the actor or the notes are not good or there's something about it that makes it really fresh and different but that makes people nervous and so they want you to change that thing or you know there are a lot of ways that a pilot can get messed up and while we really did not have a lot of that kind of interference here, I have to give credit to those people. It was not a, um, they loved it from early on. People loved the script. They got increasingly excited as we would bring them, bring you guys to them. You know, they would look at the cast and I mean, just, they got pretty psyched. And so while Liz, you know, certainly went through a development process and had notes and wrote many different drafts, like all pilots. Um, we didn't have a lot of interference on this. All of that said, you're always kind of worried about it. Like I'm, I just go through everything like in this sort of defensive stance. It's like, you're going to get that football to the end zone and the end zone is getting picked up. You mean so, the sport football, the sport you're talking about? For those, for those like me who are not yeah, familiar with this thing, I put in my shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, uh, um, yeah, you know that there's that there's this um, wanting to deliver it for everybody, you know, and make sure that you that you do the work and get the product so it gets on, and then it can have its life, right? I just wanted to talk about casting for a second because I feel mm -hmm. like that's a question I get asked a lot, which is, how did you guys get 
chosen at the end for this show. And I don't know if I know everybody's story about yeah, if you remember first sure. meeting Jake and Max and Lamorne. We know you've known Zoe for a really long time. Myself, did you know from the beginning how did it all come together? That chemistry. We knew that. Um, well, we knew that we. That, as I say, the like the very first conversations I was having with Liz about this were, um, you know, about process. How's this going to work? Um, and the very first thing we and it's, I do remember like saying because I had sort of picked up from. Um, Judd Apatow working on the Freaks uh, pilot, his thing was always, everybody has to read. You just always, building a show like this, if you need an ensemble to work together this way, it was like, everybody has to read. And Liz was like, yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. We'll get into it. And she said, there's one thing though, which is we think we should approach Zoe. And I said, well, I know Zoe. I love Zoe. That's an obvious no-brainer. Yeah, she'll do it. That would be different. And then she hopped in. And from that point, in Zoe had done all this work. We knew she was a known quantity. We knew that, it, that we would build the show around her. And from the time that Zoe pop, got into it, like, as she's describing, she was then part of a lot of the casting. We would do, sometimes we'd do sessions, um, you know, without Zoe and then bring back people to read with Zoe. Sometimes she was just there. I mean, she was, my memory is you were really in it with us. Like I was there like, every day, you, you pretty were, much. You were doing yeah. it every day. I yeah. would volunteer too. I'd be like, hey, you guys need me? I just come in. Like, <laughs> yeah. because I, I just really like wanted, like in case somebody would be maybe like on the off chance that somebody would be like, maybe not good in a pre-read or something, but good with yeah. me. I was like, well, let's just like, yeah. I'll be there. You, you had a great instinct that this is critically important because in some ways, as I, like I was saying, it ends up kind of being more important than like it, the longevity is, is what you're looking for. Right. It's like more important than what, just what happens in the pilot. Um, because, you know, you can have somebody have three scenes in a pilot but you're going to be working with them if all goes well for years, you know? So mm -hmm. like with, with Hannah, for example, that's the thing, like, like Cece's big in the pilot, great in the pilot, but in the rest, of, but by a few weeks later, she's much more dimensional and expanded and has stories and we're off. Right. And so there's a little bit of like, what you're trying to find is beyond what is just in these 30 pages. What does it seem like it's going to be? in the, you know, long term. The other thing about that I would say was key to this and uh, so impressive to me was Liz realized quickly that, you know, in order to really feel the scope of that, we would need to keep updating the sides, what people are reading well beyond what's in the script, because you can't necessarily make a decision of that magnitude from based on, you know, two scenes. And also you've heard the same two scenes 400 times. They're just not as funny to you anymore. It's like, you know what the jokes are and, you know, so you might do those two scenes, but we're also going to do two other scenes. She would go home pretty much every night and write and craft and punch up sides with, um, you know, Brett Baron, Dave Finkel, who were running the show with her, who are, 
also brilliant guys and who are around on the pilot as well, which is a little bit unusual um, to have more writers on the pilot than just the, uh, it was a very fortunate thing. You know, she just had, the, the, they had this sort of great working thing that really made each other laugh. And so we always had new sides. So it was like new stuff every day, you know, which was kind of a cool thing. And then you start to discover what people are capable of. Um, I think in terms of everybody else, you know, my memory and she would have to confirm this, but my memory, I know that uh, Liz and Jake had worked together before they had a, that she, she was aware of his brilliance and had, I think had him in mind as a possibility for that character. And he came in and, owned it right away. I got several yeah. emails from friends like Max Winkler and Jeremy Connor, director friends of mine, mm -hmm. recommending Jake. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this guy's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, it was a well-known secret at that point. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was he was somebody that that people knew was super funny and talented and versatile and um and 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 he and Liz had I had worked on something together. And yeah, they worked I, on. I, were, were they on her movie? In her, mo in her in, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in No Strings Attached. That's yeah. Right. That's, Ivan right. Reitman. that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. That right. Ivan Reitman directed. Yes. <laughs> Which was the fir first thing I'd ever read of Liz is in. Oh my God, that was such a funny script. It was at that time called Fuck Buddies. It yeah. Was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was in that. Um, movie, she loves changing the like. titles. Of, the yeah. titles of her. Project. So many yeah. great <laughs> people in that movie. <laughs> yeah, buddies, the salacious original titles. <laughs> yeah. She always tied yeah. it. So Liz, when she writes a first, I mean, I don't know whether it still stands, but like when <laughs> when, um, when I signed on to New Girl, it was called Chicks and Dicks, yeah. um, <laughs> and she'd written this script um, that ended up being called No Strings Attached, and it was originally called Fuck. Buddies, so yeah. <laughs> isn't um, that play you talked kinda, about reading? Was wasn't that called Sluts? No, it wasn't. That was that it was, was a was different a, play, but that was a, yeah, that was a documentary. That was a, that a was pilot. a pilot she had done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> documentary, <laughs> docu series. Yeah. Like, I'd have to go back and look at the title, but but I remember I actually didn't connect it that I had read a play of hers until I somehow was searching her name, and then I found this play that my friend had sent me. Because we were going to yeah. do a reading of it, I guess, and it never ended up happening. Happening, but I had remembered reading it and how funny it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we have Zoe's yeah. origin story, Jake's origin story. Mm. Yeah, no one, uh, keep going, yeah. Max. I was a, at this in these very first weeks. I was in New York working on something else, and I was not in those very first casting sessions. But I, my memory of it is that, like the first week, they had located, they they had sort of been knocked out by jake and max max and I, yeah. I was watching him remote and um i think he just kind of came in i mean max was somebody who you know had been around a little bit and had done other pilots people were aware of his work and how funny he was he'd never had anything quite like this obviously yeah. but it was he he came and uh it was a similar thing where i was like he read Schmidt and it was like, oh yeah, that's it. These two are the first two guys. It's like, this is this, these three are where it starts. And um, we had, we, we kind of knew that really early. Um, 
And then you thought we need two VJs to round out the cast. Television host. Listen, a Canadian. We we should round it out by making sure we have a Canadian one and an American. One. That's right. We want all of uh, North America represented in the VJ world. What and, are we missing uh, here? Yeah. VJs. Fox was really adamant that we get some yeah. VJs. I am, um, and then basically, as is. Often the case when that happens, and ironically, that's not what we're talking about, but ironically, it was a very similar thing with Freaks and Geeks, which was like half the cast fell into place like in 10 days. And then we spent three months figuring out who was going to play the rest of the parts. Um, and so similarly, uh, you know, we started to have a the core and needed to fill it out and figure out who the rest of the everybody was going to be and it just became more um you know uh just we saw a ton of people to oh, see there were these so many people. remaining remaining characters so, um i will and- say hannah i remember that like with you you and i i remember being like that hannah is just the most like somebody who would be my friend and like that comfort level, you know what I mean? Like you were just like, I had the most yeah. ease with you. I feel like that played a huge part. I mean, other than your performance was great, but I remember that our ease together played a, a big part in your casting. What do you think? For sure. And then, and there's, I think that there's also just this thing when you've been, you know, sometimes when you've been looking for who's going to play a character for a long time and you've been in those rooms for days and days and it can get you know exhausting or you can think like is there something wrong with the scenes or the character or what do we mean what can we do differently is it like wh- why is this so hard and then somebody comes in and you're just like oh it's not hard anymore it's that person but you know <laughs> it, it's just like a kind of a bell rings and you all they walk out and you all look at each other and you're like ah, I look at that she's here you know and i think that that it um that can happen and it can and it's really exciting when it does you know um and i do think that that's it sometimes they just don't walk in right at the very beginning it takes a minute for to for the right people to walk in and and um and lamorne was part of that early process as well in a big way and was um you know, somebody that we loved from the moment we met him. And another one of those things where it was, uh, you know, oh yeah, this guy's really, really funny. Um, and went through quite a bit of process. You could probably remember it better yeah. than I do, but, but basically, yeah. Well, how would you go ahead? He took it, a it, show it, with Heather Locklear. Yeah. Why did not let offer. you explain how you took a show with Heather Locklear? Well, and we can take well, it from there. <laughs> well, because, well, because the process, it, and I've talked about this before, but it's it's the I, I want to say this is the first time I'm talking about this with with one with one of the decision makers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I I it was my first pilot season. I was reading for a lot of stuff and testing. And so I had the tests around the exact same time, but I remember being at the te- at the callback, just the general callback for the for for CBS the CBS show, The Assistants, yeah, yeah. starring Heather Locklear and T.J. Miller. No, uh, so I said, <laughs> I was like, 
I, they had said, hey, we hear you're testing for Are you promoting new girl the tomorrow. assistance? <laughs> that, that show has crashed and burned, my friend. <laughs> it has fizzled out a decade ago. Um, and so I, they had said, hey, when I was at the audition, they said, hey, we hear you're testing for a new girl tomorrow. I said, yeah. They go, can we ask you to tank that audition? And I was like, uh, I don't know how this process works, but whoever makes me an offer. <laughs> I was like, whoever makes me an offer. And so I remember us going back, going, hey, this network is going to make him an offer. Hey, new girl, can you guys make him an offer? And the answer from casting was no. And so I mm. went to the test anyway. And I, I decided I'm going to the test no matter what. I want this show. And then a call came in when I was right before you signed the contract. A call came in from my agent saying, hey, don't sign the contract. I was like, what? what? Why not? They're like, well, you just got an offer. You, you, the, they made an offer. They offered you. They, the they made job. me an offer. Yeah. So you can't say no because yeah. you can go and read for all these things and, and get passed on. So just take the yeah. offer. So that's what I did. Hand. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, that yeah. makes I I, it. It makes sense. And it's, it's like it's, you got to work. And I mean, that's a big deal. I, you know, that was with with that character, which was coach at that, uh, you know, that we were casting in the pilot. Um, I do think with that character, probably the most we were trying all different ideas of what that what it ended up being with 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 Damon was just a little different than what it was in the original script and so there was some of that exploration that um I, I have to say I can't remember exactly what was leading that Liz would remember better than I do but there was a you know there was an evolution to what we were we, we were kind of reading people and trying to figure it out and changing the sides and all of that and I do remember that you, the one, I remember thinking you were so funny and we, there were, and then there was some moment I remember where we were kind of in it and then suddenly you were no longer available. Yeah. It, was hot, it was hot gossip in the um, actors who had been cast circle because I remember talking to Jake and Max. We were like, we, we saw him. Like yeah. we all came in for the tests and That's we right. saw you. We saw him outside. I remember we literally that. And then saw like, him outside. Gone. And then he, he was gone. So mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember this about that part. I that and every time I every time I every time I would come in, it'd be you, Liz, I think I want to say Brett and Dave, um, and Zoe. And I remember I remember one time in particular, um, Every time we would come in, everyone would be so like, "Hey, what's up, Lamorne? Hey, hey!" I feel like we're on first name basis at a first name basis at that point. Yeah. And I remember, Pat, I remember taking the offer and sitting in the Fox Courtyard, and you guys walking to go do the test. And I remember going, "Hey, guys!" And you guys went, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> we cold shouldered you. You had an ex boyfriend <laughs> at this point. Uh, well, you were like, you were probably like, I mean, like at that point, there were like. I, a handful of people coming in for the test. Mm -hmm. um, this was like before we even thought about Damon or anything. We had this like handful of people that were all coming in to test and you were my top person. And I was oh. like, I pretty much thought you were going to be cast. And then you pulled out like last minute. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I will yeah. say it obviously worked out. Otherwise, we wouldn't. It have worked had out. Damon. That's well, true. that's why it was well, really nice that. Yeah, I mean, it worked out. In was such a, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it it made it so that. I mean, yeah, the, the short version of that was that you know the Damon was somebody we 
knew and loved, but thought he wasn't available because he was on a different show. And then we sort of got the word that we could, it sounded like that show probably wasn't going to come back. And so we could, he was like the last one in like, right. As we were about to start, it was like, Oh, maybe that could work. Maybe the, uh, you know, his other show isn't a problem. Then we go, we do the pilot with them have a great time with them. Then his other show does get picked up so he can't do, do new girl. <laughs> so there was this sort of like, Oh, uh, now what do we do? But as you say, in a way it, there was something about the way this whole messy thing had worked out that kind of worked for us. Cause it, when, when we had that, sort of shocking panic moment of we've made this pilot that we love and we don't really what, but now one of the guys is not going to do it. It was like, well, who should it be? And we all knew immediately like, well, there's this hilarious dude that, that, you know, was right. Maybe we can, maybe his other pilot didn't happen. And lucky for us, it hadn't. And we were able to, you know, get you to join in this other character. Like you guys had something to do with that pilot not happening. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess you guys threw a, you guys, I don't know, sabotage. You think we were working us. behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to do we're that like, that. Heather, Heather. <laughs> Heather, don't you don't do want to do show. this. You think you we were an inside this. person? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to our show. So now that we've gone through the cast, I feel like when we've talked about the pilot together, Lamorne, and Zoe, and I, the the pilot, we keep saying, like, it feels like a movie. It mm. feels like a standalone movie and not like mm. a pilot episode of television. Um, yeah. Was that like an intentional approach that you had when you kind of put it together? Because it feels so different than any other pilot yeah. I've ever seen. I've seen pilots that tried yeah. to be it afterwards. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that um, that's always my hope for it is that it feels like a little movie and that we shoot it in a way that feels sort of um, like it's in a movie language. Um, you know, I think part of it is that um, there are conventions to what uh, single camera comedies look like a lot of the time. And particularly then, there have been so many more of them in the time since. I mean, we were already well into that uh, sort of, you know, there were a lot then, but there have been a lot more now. Um, I think, you know, so, so part of it's just, we were in a different kind of vernacular, just, a, and, and I was very conscious of, you know, shooting it in a way that was more like how you shoot a movie. And, and then I think the other part of it is, you know, it's obviously who you're working with, uh, the cinematographer, the, uh, design, it's like a lot of, there are a lot of, decisions you can make along the way, but it was very much how we approached freaks and geeks, you know, which is, even though it's a comedy, we're going to shoot, try to give it the scope that you would, if you were making like a, a movie about this. Um, yeah. Now that process from um, script to page, a lot of changes. Did you, did you see yourself adjusting things? What, what did it start out as and then what ended up being on the screen? Yeah. You know, I, I really do think of it as it was one of the really great collaborative experiences I've ever had um, with, with, with Liz and Brett and Dave and, and with you guys, it was just like this um, very sort of, fluid thing where everybody's trying to figure it out together and working towards the same thing. Um, you know, I think the script evolved over time, partly because, you know, really because Liz has this sort of relentless joke thing of just like, she's, it's going to be funny. Like she's as kind of like, talented and hardcore about that as anybody I, I know, like, of just like, she's going to make sure it's funny and she's really funny. And she, if the joke isn't landing, it's going to be a better joke. And if she sees something that someone else, she's never precious about it. She's totally receptive to other people's stuff. She loves it when you guys would riff. She was just, she was just like a great, um, you know, like a kind of 
intensity that you that to me is is awesome and, and endless so, well know, of jokes yeah yeah, uh, yeah and totally. weather. <laughs> and, and and so that makes us you just laughing the whole time but then there's also like you know just this whole emotional story to it that we were very kind of like communicative about with with each other with um with with you know you guys doing the scene so i'm sure that it did sort of like evolve as we were doing it but my memory of it is that it was just this very kind of like we're all in it together and let's figure this thing out you know catherine pope was the other um executive producer at oh, that catherine stage Pope's amazing yeah brilliant um person who who was kind of the other you know voice in the, all of those conversations in the office and very um, supportive i just remember she was like um get uh having a baby she was she, yeah, she, she was, was she was texting she was really liz yeah. <laughs> from like her c-section or something it was like yeah. one of those things where i was like this woman is the most <laughs> dedicated producer yeah. i've so ever right. seen yeah. she wasn't like i'm gonna take a day off because you know having a baby she was like no she's, no, she's we were getting emails from her like, yeah, she was having two yeah. babies. This show Brilliant. and her baby, baby. Oh yeah, the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I will say days off and friends are having. There babies. was something I wanted to mention um, that I thought was so smart, and I I know that, and it was kind of related to something you were saying earlier, but uh, about kind of you know knowing you know how, that you wanted the show to get picked up, which is obviously everybody's goal. But having been through it before, um you you had an idea of what uh you know the network and studio were looking for and that we did do a ton of work you know like on i mean on the table read side um mm -hmm. before because the table read of a pilot is like one of the most important things yeah to kind of making the the studio and the network feel like they you know, feel kind of confident, you know, yeah, that, totally. because sometimes cast gets fired after the pilot table read. Was happen. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, <It's> terrifying. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, table reads can be a real make or break moment. And I remember we did, we did multiple uh, run throughs before we did the table read. I remember we did one, you know, with, with cast member, like people filling in for cast members that we didn't have. We, we, you know, Liz would mm -hmm. be doing Liz and Brett and Dave would be doing rewrites. We, we would be getting, we'd do pre-reads. We'd get notes. It was really, I had my script like marked up to a T and, you know, once you get going, you're not doing, you know, you're kind of cold reading scripts, yeah. you know, once you're in the season, but but that pilot table reads really important. And I thought that was so smart that you really, really coached us all through yeah. that read. Uh, that, yeah, that was, um, that you're right. That that's can be a critical moment. And, you know, we knew that like the cast was just rocking. I mean, that was un, un, unconfusing it was clearly a great cast um the but it's certainly a moment where something can go screwy if for the wrong reasons where something doesn't land in a table read or something uh feels like some element of the story isn't doing what you want or something reads 
harsh instead of funny. I mean, it's like there's any number of million things can happen in a table read that can just sort of make people uncomfortable right as you're like a week before you start. And which is like the worst moment to mm-hmm. bad be, for confidence. be reactive to it's bad for confidence. It's a bad sort of creative place. To be. So the way you can sort of avoid those kind of problems is to just make sure that the table read goes really well. And we knew that that would be important. We also knew that it wouldn't be that hard here, but it, you know, because this, it was really funny and you guys were great. And, and we, and, you know, usually it goes well if those things are in place, it's just, um, you never know. So yeah, we're being, you know, super make sure that it's buttoned down. I have a really vivid memory of the, I think I was only there for a day or two of the pilot, but I had to do that phone call um, where Jess is on the other side saying, you know, two boobs, Johnson. And I was just like, you I'm sure Lamorne felt (laughs) the same way where you kind of show up and your whole thing is like, don't get fired. Don't get fired. Don't get fired. Don't get fired. And they needed someone to read the other side of the phone call and to be Jess and I don't know what happened because we were on like just like a little propped up set really, really quick. And there's a million other uh, things going on. And so you did it, Jake. Me? And no, I, I just, just. <laughs> and I was like, this is so terrifying that this man who has so much control over this moment is now. And I'm hearing you go like Rebecca Johnson. Two boobs, Johnson. <laughs> and I'm trying to stay in this call. <laughs> yeah, for, pe- for, pe- for the people uh, listening, sometimes sometimes you're off doing something else for some yeah, reason exactly. and you can't be there for off camera. If you have sometimes like a, you do a two sides of a TV. phone call at different times, exactly. Yeah. And, and, so, yeah. and, in the, and so on some lucky occasions, you get me reading the other side of the phone call. <laughs> Though I do remember that we shot a scene that Surely never Surely there would have been someone better for that than me. <laughs> Johnson, I, two boobs, Johnson. I just I re- re- It's a very clear, <laughs> traumatic memory. But then what was funny oh, no. about it is that no. you guys brought me back. You're, you're lucky to have. <laughs> well, I was just like, he's so close and he's watching everything so closely. What if I say it wrong and I got fired? I mean, traumatic. <laughs> For oh, me, oh, in terms of it. my uh, own fears, that trauma, <laughs> that my own trauma. <laughs> One yeah. of my your performance was brilliant, but I will Thank say you. that's that what I was looking for. Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> what I was trying to get perfect. to was how was I? You were amazing. <laughs> you were you made a great jest. It's, it's <laughs> it was really my job that was in jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that was funny though is that we shot a scene that never made it into the pilot, where you guys dressed me up as a gigantic bird at a photo shoot, and then brought <laughs> yeah. in a. Like a a vicious condor, bird. <laughs> yeah, a condor or vul- I don't know what it was. And they said, "Quiet on set, nobody speak." It was a the vulture. Bird can get spooked. Yeah, a vulture, uh, and it will attack you. And but I have to speak, and it was yeah. the side of the phone call. And they needed someone to read the other side. And Jake, I will say, you did not read the other side of the phone call. Then <laughs> we, we found <laughs> someone more qualified. <laughs> You're like, so I don't like... want to be attacked by a bird. Is what I thought. <laughs> the thinking was. There. It sounds like Jake anyone was who involved. spoke could be attacked. It sounds like Jake is involved in a lot of hazing, okay? Because <laughs> you, you, he made you dress up like a bird, brought in a, a, a goddamn vulture, and didn't use it. For me, there was a there was a moment. I think what you 
dumped yogurt all over me. Oh, yes. At some point. And I don't think that got you. A yogurt, a yogurt bath or something? Yes, yogurt you're bathing bath. in yogurt. You're, yes. Was I was I there for that? That yes. was the episode 102, yeah. right? Where it's like yeah, were, yeah, it was yeah. Like, it was a flashback. I was so excited that. about it. I was like, oh, this is going to look so great. Oh, this yeah. is going to crush. This is going to kill. No one's ever going to uh, I do remember the thing with with the vulture that was the thing I will always remember about that was, and I remember the scene was funny and it was just, you know, things get shorter as you're cutting them down. You just start, you know, you want the tightest possible version for some reason that that fell away. But I remember with that, with that um, scene, we were in the cutting room and we're looking at it and it's all kind of working in a fun way. But then I remember Liz saying like, I'm not sure we should have a vulture in our pilot. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a bad, seems like, seems like something you shouldn't do. <laughs> I will say I felt that like, way uh, in the moment. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the moment I thought this feels like a risky idea. And the director is choosing not to speak <laughs> during this moment. When he did this yesterday, I feel like we all should be scared. Great instincts all around. And there was a moment, too, as well, that I remember vividly that I feel like pretty much uh, helped me get into. I know there was a lot of, you know, character traits that would change from my character throughout episode to episode. I know you guys were, were trying to find who Winston was. And I forget mm. the episode. I'm not sure if it was the first episode of season two where we're in the bar and Nick is making fruity drinks. And and you you were you were yelling out notes to me. You were throwing us sometimes for all those out there in listener land, you know, the director um, and writer sometimes will toss out jokes from behind the camera. And I remember you were trying to get me to behave in a certain way, perform in a certain way, and I couldn't hear you. And God. I remember you going, are you going these stories uh, never end well for me. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. It was great because it became it be I I I, I started getting it. I started understanding. Yeah. All you said was you go, uh more girly. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh. Oh." And I, but you didn't mean it and I remember how you meant it and that became my thing for every every time I had a drink on the show, I would behave this way. And the memes that go around where I'm just kind of looking at Nick and I say, "Look at me being so naughty." It's it, it's it's all over the place. And I and I just remember going forward from that moment, being yeah. try it. Don't just don't just do what's on the page. Like be bolder. You know, try other things. Yeah, get, get, yeah, get weird. That to get me loose. is the mark of a great director is when they, you know, like they say the thing that makes you, that opens up your imagination so that you can really inhabit the character. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think Jake is just such a great example of a great director mm -hmm. who really like allows you to be creative in your own right but like guides you into the place where you're going to be your best. But yeah, yeah, that that's a, that's a, a good example. Thank you. That's I mean, so it's, it's with a series in particular, so much of it, like I say, is just trying to figure out something that can be great in the moment, but also hopefully that you can see signs of how it's going to be great for a long time. And that the writers are going to pick up on and go like, oh, yes, there's a whole episode about this. There's a whole, you know, we could do a whole story arc about this. It, it, and it, 
part of that is just inspired by what you're seeing from people. And then part of it's just the million great ideas that people have to come up with in order to sustain these things, you know, just great writing, but the, um, the, the, uh, there's an enormous part of it. That's like, how do we, you know, what are we seeing from what we're, what the cast is giving us that shows us what it's going to be. And I do think, you know, more like you say that it, the Winston just got, it was, it's definitely like, as the series went on, it just got sort of deeper and richer and more interesting mm. and funnier. And this is what he's, I mean, it was, we would always say in editing, like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, as we would get later, we was like, what he's doing here is just so kind of brilliant. And like, this has been there and we could have been, you know, it was just like a, a thrill <laughs> of watching this emerge as you just sort of like the, uh, you know, the, the character filled out and what you were doing with it just got so funny week after week. Oh, thank you. I have now, to say yeah. this too, because I have that similar moment that Lamorne just shared of something that you said to me that stuck with me so strongly. And I, don't think I've ever told you, Jake. So I remember, and I, I shared this with Zoe and Lamorne, going in for that uh, final test. Um, and that's what's kept me through the pilot, I feel like, feeling so strong. I went for the final test, and I talked about the thin walls that existed at Fox. So all the girls that had gone in before me had read, and they had read in a very similar, um, had made similar choices, where it was a lot louder, broader, they had made those comedy choices and it sounded funny. And I was like, oh, everybody's doing it this way and they've made it this yeah. far. And I had a very different approach to Cece. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember walking in the room going, well, maybe I should just do it like these far more seasoned actresses are doing it. Maybe I've been doing it wrong. Like, I don't know. And but I decided at that moment when I sat down with Zoe to do that chemistry read to do the choice that I and read CC the way I had been doing it, which was a lot more deadpan and straight ahead. And, yeah, yeah. um, and I will never forget because usually you don't hear anything in the room. No one says anything to you in the room and I'll never forget you turning back to Catherine, Liz, Brett and Dave, um, and casting and saying, that's how it's done. <laughs> and it was just like this moment and I it really like impacted me to continue the audition making the same choices and then going to like my first ever set really and to know that I had made that right choice and that you had oh, kind of given me that great. gift in the room. It was really powerful and I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning but I remember <laughs> you saying that to me a decade ago. It was really powerful. That. I think you know that's that's awesome. I love hearing that. I always think it's weird when people want to be stingy with positive feedback. Like right. I, it's like, like I, I, if someone's great, tell them they're great. I mean, it's hard enough. And especially like with actors coming into audition, it's like, yeah, it's so vulnerable and, um, and hard. And if it's not going to be, if they're not vulnerable, then, then it's because they've, they're sort of beat up by it. And I mean, it's just like the process of, of auditioning is nerve wracking for, for people coming in. And that's why I want to be there. Yeah. That's why I want to be there because I was like, I know what this is like to go in for things. And like, you feel, I, 
I mean, I started working when I was 16 years old. So I had been on a lot of like devastating auditions in my <laughs> life, you know, and I wanted everybody to feel comfortable. And it was so nice because it's true, Jake, you're always so positive and make people feel so comfortable. And I think that just like putting people at ease, like it's just like creates that baseline for for just a good experience for everyone and for them to do their best rather than, you know, people starting on edge, like thinking they're not doing a good job. Nobody's going to do a better job if they think they're doing you know, yeah, like or, if the, or if they think that the audience feedback. is exhausted or something, you know, yeah. what I mean? like oh, which yeah. can also happen sometimes because you can get, you know, can. But by the time you've been sitting there for a few hours, you, you do you can get a little like. But it's sort of on the people who are doing the auditioning to, uh, you know, who are, who are reading people to like, you know, stay. Stay alert. Be the other person in the room. But yeah, like you know, like you still have the basic uh, social responsibility. To be Are you saying nice. you could get tired listening to the same scenes be performed over and over again for hours on end? No chance. That's weird. You, you, I, I'm not saying that you could. Um, you could. You but might. I will you say might. honestly, and it's like I I said it before, but I was saying what is always amazing with that is you can get kind of worn down, and you can get in your own head about like you know, what's going, why is this hard? Why am I having trouble focusing? And then someone will walk in and you'll just be like wide awake all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like it's just that someone will walk in and just open your eyes with what they're doing. And it's, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and that's the cool part, you know, you, you got it. Sometimes it's, so sometimes it's like what I was describing where you get, you know, okay, we have, we've been casting for a week and we have three of, the leads and then sometimes it's it you got to earn it a little more but it's still something really kind of great when people come in and you're just like ah that's that's so exciting (laughs) now obviously um i want to switch topics a little bit um we can dive back into this in a a, a little while but obviously (laughs) working with such an amazing cast um, like you did on New Girl, probably and humble, <laughs> humble, modest, um, amazing. Yeah, the yeah, most, I'm, yeah, the most humble cast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, a, a, a clear, a clear bright spot in your life. But your career yeah. took a, <laughs> your career took a downward turn, a downward yeah. turn when. I said it start, at the time. It's all downhill from here, and it and it was you. You were <laughs> obligated to direct, <laughs> create the new Jumanji series. Um, <laughs> What what was that process like going backwards? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> the lesser cast. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. How'd that it come about? It must have really sucked going to Hawaii and stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah. Filming yeah. in paradise like, after filming really in does. Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah, Century <exactly>. City. <laughs> in Century City, going from City. beautiful Century City to. Ooh, Hawaii. Um, yeah, it was a change of pace. There's no question. It was. A, it was a. Uh, it was a whole different ball game, but in many ways. But at the same time, a lot of the basics of what you're doing are actually not that different. I mean, there's there's on a movie like that. There's some stuff that is really different. Uh, you know, they're a lot more 
digital ostriches in Jumanji yeah. than in New Girl, <laughs> and uh, and there are other differences too. There's this, you know, there's a, it's more physical. Obviously. Wait a minute, you're saying the but, vulture could have been digital? <laughs> Jake, well, we definitely, yeah. Which we, we realize. What? <laughs> what what they realize is the vulture could have been okay, digital. True. Noted. By, vulture. by the Good time we got to Jumanji, we realized that if we're going to have a vulture, it should be digital. And there is a vulture, by the way. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, I think that um, we, you'd be surprised. I mean, you came and did a day with us on Jumanji, Lauren. And like when you're standing there doing that, I mean, it's different kinds of, like that particular thing was like not exactly a hard comedy scene, but it doesn't feel it, it no. basically it feels like the same job right it's like it, it's you doing the same thing it does fundamentally but it, it was an interesting prep though you know th- my scene obviously was was the scene it was a quick scene yeah um but prior to that i had to do this thing where i i, I got was it motion capture or something where i stood in this thing with a million they cameras scanned you. Scanned yeah. you that's not something you do on that's not girl. something you do on- <laughs> that wasn't on new girl yet <laughs> no we, we weren't doing lidar scans of everybody yeah there's there's um there you know it's obviously a lot more physical there are differences but the basic thing of what you're doing every day which is like how do we get the best version of this scene working with these people it's not that different and that that cast is they're amazing obviously they're and they're also just like they show up and want to figure it out and do their pros and they all had to read too and that's what's important. Just How many times did The Rock audition? How many times did The Rock audition for this role? At the studio. I'm not sure The Rock, I'm not sure he knows what that is. Yeah. He's never had to audition in his life, you guys. He's just like, Kevin Hart's he's tape. sitting in Hawaii, just waiting to do yeah. movies <laughs> there. Yeah, he's just, uh, yeah. He's living life. <laughs> was there was there a challenge for you knowing that a prior prior IP of that already existed? Um, having to do it justice, having to the original, the original. Yes, know. I mean there was there was the pressure of um, that's always with anything that's uh, you know rebooted or you know a sequel or um, there's always that concern now there are so many things that are there's so many more things that are based on something else than that aren't um Mm -hmm. for better or worse i don't really think it's for better (laughs) but (laughs) even though i've i've done had a good experience doing that um you know i like original stuff i think you know there was the with that there was how do we i knew that what we were doing was very very different people would when they ultimately saw it they would not feel like we were you know, treading, we were doing a lesser version of the original movie. We were just in a different, it's a completely different idea. Um, And it also had this additional, you know, sort of weight of the original movies. uh, One of Robin Williams kind of like staple movies for a lot of people. And he's like a hero to anybody who works in comedy. And so you kind of want to be, uh honoring the work uh so that we were conscious of all of that and we were conscious that you know it's the kind of project that when you say like when people read there's going to be another jumanji they're just immediately 
suspicious of it. I, I think <laughs> that's probably appropriate. You know, like people, there's a natural sort of audience skepticism about anything they love coming back in some new form. And so then it's on you to like, you know, show them why you did it and that they could have a new good time with it. So it's part of the, it's part of the thing, you know? Well, I say you did that. Congratulations. Yeah. You did a great job. You should keep doing it. I think, <laughs> I think you're, you're onto something here. You got it oh, well, thank you. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to our show. I actually remember, um, because your brother was a friend of mine in middle and high school. I remember reading an article about you in the LA times after you really? directed zero effect. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and then my, and I, uh, my mom had clipped it out and she was like, look, um, that's, that's John Kasson's brother. <laughs> and I remember reading the article and you were like, what, 23 or something. 
when you directed that movie? Yeah, something like that. I was. You like, were a baby. Yeah, I was really. I couldn't even I was read. Really young. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> and I love that movie so much. Oh, um, thank you. So good. I it just really saw made it again impression. for the first time in a really long time, I, and I was really young. I think I, it, which seemed crazy to other people then, but didn't seem crazy to me. And now in retrospect, I think about it and it seems kind of crazy. Like it's, <laughs> it's hard to believe sort of, you know? Um, yeah. And it's also been a while now, which <laughs> so is also sort of shocking. And that's why I'm telling you the 10 year anniversary of the debut of new girl was just like, what, how is that even yeah. possible? But I can't uh, believe it. It's partly because it continued for so long. I mean, New Girl is the only show I've, it was at the prior to New Girl, I'd never been on a show that had made it to a second season. And then, and I'd been on some shows that I love, you know, Freaks and Geeks was only one season, one season. Yeah. 18 episodes. And, um, and I had worked on Undeclared with Judd as well. Great too. uh, Which was that show. Yeah, I mean, it was, and that was another like very short um, life, you know, uh, working with Judd and Paul on um, Freaks. It was like this sort of definitive moment for all of us, but it was only 18 episodes. So when we, I remember when we got to episode 19 of New Girl and it was clear that it was like, you know, people were watching and we were going to get to do we were going to at least get to keep going for a while. Um, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, this is what it's like to make it to the end of, a, of an actual network season and know that you're coming back for another one. And it was exciting. And, you know, uh, so so we got to have the experience continue for, for a bunch of years, which I guess is maybe why it's so shocking that it's been that long since it started. It's also so interesting because that show, usually after a show is done and off the air, um, and then maybe it lives in reruns, but that's like belongs to a certain era. But now with streaming, so many people think it's a brand new show on Netflix that's just started. Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys is, have you, you must just out in the world have encountered this sort of thing that seems to have happened in the last couple of years, people discovering the show for the first time, like the Netflix, I just feel like there's been this whole new generation. I keep hearing about my friends, kids and teenagers and stuff. Have you, can you feel it out there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was almost like, you know, there was like a second where there was like a kind of a, a little bit of a lull. And then all of a sudden it was like, people coming up especially when things open back up from the you know a a little bit opening back up from the pandemic and everything and all of a sudden all the people who binge watched new girl um, (laughs) coming out of the woodwork and and it's kind of been nice to hear from everybody because there's it's really such an affectionate fan base of this show usually it's people coming up saying like oh, these feel like my friends or I watch it with my friends or my partner or, you know, Jess is like me or I I get all kinds of things, but it's almost always just like very kind and affectionate and not entitled. It's just like such a just 
nice group of people who like this show. So it's really and it's interesting too because a lot of people come up to me now and they and they know the show. They clearly binge the show. But yeah. m- I, when I say maybe uh, I've gotten this maybe ten or fifteen times where someone goes, "You're on that show. It's Jess." And they, they remember the song and they remember It's Jess and they just binge the whole thing without looking at the name of the show. That's the other thing that also is different is in the first run of our show, you'd have to wait week to week and then yeah. wait all summer for a new season. And now you meet people and they're just like, I just watched all of New Girl this weekend. And I'm like, that's the hours of television. <laughs> I don't know. I know. How you and so they know it intimately in such it's a very different experience. So I would assume binge seven yeah. plus seasons. And it's yeah. just totally because it's this big body of work, right? I mean, right. it's like, and you know, I was I was um, you know, more uh present in the first couple of years. I mean, I was I was very present in the first couple of years. And then I started working on other things simultaneously. And I would be, there would be periods where I would be away making a movie and then I'd come back, which was, you know, like this, it was like a a home base kind of for, for me in those later years, I wasn't there day in, day out. For you, you were always guys, like watching for, the edits and stuff. I was always watching the edits. I was always around. I was just yeah. not always every day we missed your presence but, but... The, um, I, was, I was always i was always a stone's throw away but the um mm-hmm. but you know i remember like getting to the end of those last couple seasons like the last couple seasons i was were simultaneous to the jumanji the first jumanji and i was away for a big uh part of that and i remember i'd still watch the episodes that come out and it was just like i remember thinking these characters have gone so many places these writers have come up with so many stories and you know if every episode has an a story b story and a c story there's 150 of them or whatever it is i mean that's hundreds of story ideas and to get to those hundreds of story ideas there's hundreds that they've discarded right like it's always because it's never the first idea it's always like you know what's the best version of this so for everybody involved, it's just this massive, you know, seven-year body of work. And to think when I when you hear now from these, like I've had a bunch of my friends have said, you know, my teenager in the last two weeks watched the entire series or that kind of yeah. thing. And you just go like, that's so great. Like that it's still <laughs> completely alive for these kids and that oh, like yeah. for a new and for older people too. And that like, it still feels really like relevant and on and the performances are just as good now as they were then. And the writing is just as good now as it was. then. so it's like, I love it. I just love that it, that during this crazy couple of years we've all had, that's been a source of, you know, some entertainment for some people. It's, it's great. I wonder, too, if you're watching, like, binge watching a show that took seven, eight years to shoot and you watch it in the weekend, is it just like a flip book of aging? Like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. It must be yeah. so strange. Because, you know, we it's, t- it's seven years of watching these actors who, you know, you don't really fully address time yeah. Yeah. in sitcoms. No. Well, I had, yeah. two pregnancy- I had two pregnancies right. on the show. Babies were born. Yeah, I, had two <laughs> yeah, I was scares. like, there are two seasons yeah. <laughs> where I was just like, 
We're like, why is just always holding her laundry basket? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things happened. And it feels like what's interesting is nobody who's binged the show ever says or comments on that at all. It just feels like this comforting group of friends that they mm-hmm. can always just put on and it feels really good, which always feels really nice to hear. Was that what's intentional that? that that you kind of made that like that that the show was kind of evergreen, you know, it it never it didn't feel dated. I mean, except when you see Jake Johnson or Nick Miller's phone, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> right. flip up, um, which was outdated. Uh, that even, even then, then, right? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but was that? I, was it sort of intentional to keep it kind of evergreen? I guess so. I mean, I you know, I think we were there was sometimes again. You'd have to ask Liz and Brett and Dave. I think there's a little bit of a you know, um, being you're, you're, there's always a little bit of a question in your head about like how topical, like are the references going to seem like two years from now, are these references going to just seem really like two years ago or, or is it, you know, like there, there can be sometimes an awareness of that kind of thing, but, um, I don't know. I don't remember thinking about it that way. Exactly. I think you're just trying to make it really funny, and it's still if 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 in the places where where we were successful in that, it like it still is, you know. And it's dense. The other thing with New Girl that is just like I think a sort of under a pre, like almost like a technical detail of it is it's just so dense with comedy and stuff like each episode is so packed in some ways more than than probably more than any other show i've ever worked on just in terms of like sheer kind of amount of stuff in each 21 and a half minutes you know and so it kind of like you can watch them repeatedly you know and discover something new i've always said that we've got we there's so much comedy in it and there's so much stuff that we didn't use so many alts that you could create yeah. an entire <laughs> seven this is my pitch and it'll happen if you pitch it um just have someone go in and recut every episode and just switch <laughs> the jokes and just change the jokes <laughs> Change oh the, add the things yeah. that didn't work and just have the alternate new girl. Whenever they were adding, remember like they added extra episodes to some seasons and we were like shooting a crazy amount of episodes. Yeah. And I was like, guys, just take some of that stuff that we shot <laughs> already and cut a yeah. new episode. Yeah. Um, here's oh, the big was... question, Jake. Fox Tassin. was like, no. <laughs> like we don't like to work. No, we want no. actually a new one yeah. <laughs> we want a new one <laughs> um i feel like one of the number one questions that we also get asked is if we will ever do a reunion and mm. who knows if we will yeah. but if we ever did one would you direct it of course i mean if you know there would be it's, it's totally like can you imagine such a thing uh, I think you know it's uh, if you guys and Liz were doing that, I would love nothing more. So it's so much fun. Sweet, great, sweet, great. Right. It's set. It. Okay, you got to get, we'll get, get on set. You got to get her. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we created this entire podcast to put people on the spot, uh, just <laughs> one by one, get people yep. enlisted. Exactly. Yeah, and they're like, "Darn it, I." 
You said I would do it on that podcast. <laughs> it's out there now. It's Should on it? record. It's on, on record. record. It's basically it's like signing a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, what, what? sending this to the lawyers. Jake, what is next for you? What is next in your life? What are you working on? What's next? You know, I've got a bunch of like bunch of stuff kind of percolating and we'll see what actually happens first. I've spent a lot of this year working on um, uh, the uh, Doogie Kamealoha MD on Disney Plus, which just started. That's a back in Hawaii. Back in Hawaii. <laughs> Doogie Hauser. Yep. Um, we're back in Hawaii. And I was uh, we were there. I did the pilot for that. And then uh Melvin who works with me and I you know uh were some of the people who produced that series so um I was working on that sort of first half of this year and um is that Aaron just, is Aaron working on that we have some new girl yes, people on it we had Aaron on it Aaron which O'Malley was one of our yeah. awesome producers wonderful and um Courtney Kang created it who had worked with uh Melvin and I on another show on Fresh Off the Boat, which is a different oh, show that we were doing awesome sort of show. simultaneous to yeah. New Girl. And, um, uh, you know, fantastic cast. Actually, Max Greenfield. Oh, great. May, may or may not Make stroll it. through at some point. Hey. Uh, uh, watch closely. You, you may spot him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so we... Um, I've been working on that. And then uh, since then been sort of have a couple of different series that we're developing and, and a couple of different movies that we're developing and we'll see which, what happens next, but, you know, trying to, trying to figure it out and um, project roulette with yeah, a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's a, always a little, always a little Jumanji happening in one corner. And uh, yes. Yeah. So keeping it keeping as long keeping as it's it in Hawaii and the birds are digital. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep at least fifty percent of your work in Hawaii, and then yeah, it's all well, good. that's what's funny because I, mean, I was in Hawaii a lot on the first movie. I was there for months, and we were mostly in the sort of jungle locations on the on Oahu. And it's really hard to get to it's just it's gorgeous but it's just very physical and you're kind of you know sweaty and getting eaten by bugs and you're in this beautiful place we're doing all this good but it was just like really intense i loved it of course but it's intense and then we came back for doogie and it was like we're at people's houses on the beach and <laughs> it's just like beautiful. <laughs> oh, this is what you're saying. You, you go to the beach, Get not it. the jungle. And it's, a, it's just really chill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we love shooting there, though. It was cool. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. <laughs> so, Jake, we do this thing in our interviews called Nick's Box. Mm, there we go. Um, okay. So, in this segment, we crawl into the back of Nick's closet and pull out the memories that the cast and crew of New Girl have kept hidden for years. So, Jake Kasdan, what's your favorite memory from your time working on New Girl? You can only pick one. Oh my God. <laughs> and the ones you don't pick are dog shit. That, that's what you yeah. say. <laughs> it's almost like... <sighs> it can be a standout tough. memory, embarrassing. Yeah. It can um, be something, anything. It's funny because it's like, it's such a big chunk of a 
life. (laughs) It's it's hard to even separate out anecdotally like that. Um, You know, it, uh, my primary, it's not real specific, but my strongest association with it, I think is just being on that set that first, like what it felt like to be shooting that show in that first season, like in the pilot in the first season, when it just had this like kind of, there was just something like completely electric about it. And it, and it stayed that way. I was going to say that exact word. So when you said that, I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it must be true. There was just something like, like, it's not funny, but it is true. It was just like, it was like this sort of, there was something buzzy about the whole thing of like, can you believe we're doing this? It's hard to put a finger on why it just felt like, uh, completely alive and exciting. And it was like, you know, nerve wracking. It was a little bit of a high wire act and we were always kind of like catching up. But my, my primary association was like, this is just the coolest place to be working and like, you know, alive and fun. And then, you know, it was intense as well, but it was just that, that is my strongest kind of like sensory association with it was this wild experience that, that remained. It's just that it was brand new the first season and it was like, you know, surprising kind of. It was so fun. Yes, well, indeed. And we'll so see you at the table read for the reunion. <laughs> You're locked in Hopefully now. Before. Hopefully before. Hopefully yeah. before. If <laughs> not before. Hopefully. Thank you, Jake Kasdan. Thanks, guys. And that was our interview with Jake Kasdan. We love him so much and we're so grateful that he's our friend and he joined us for the show. You've been listening to Welcome to Our Show, a New Girl recap podcast. Welcome to Our Show is a production of iHeartRadio, hosted by Zoe Deschanel, Lamorne Morris, and Hannah Simone. Our executive producer is Joelle Monique. Our engineer and editor is Daniel Goodman. The Welcome to Our Show theme song was written by Zoe Deschanel, performed and produced by Zoe Deschanel and Pierre DeReeder. Follow us on Instagram at Welcome to Our Show Pod. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, you can email us at Welcome to Our Show Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share far and wide. Thanks for listening. We'll hear you next week. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause <sighs> celebrate the end of your workday with the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as another busy tuesday flies by make the most of your me moment take a pause and enjoy a keebler sandies 